good evening and welcome to uh, Friday Night with Friends. It's an honor to be here with you all and Ruth Lanciano. You can see over to my, I'm not sure whether she's my left or right on the screen. Uh, she's to my left. Uh, many of you familiar with Ruth uh, from our local, uh, from in our local area here. Uh, but before I jump into that, I just want to welcome you all. If you're a first time guest, thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you're a regular, thank you for holding the fort down. We appreciate your your faithfulness. I know I've said that several times, but we really do appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, Friday night with friends is where we just literally have a conversation with friends. And uh, tonight, I hope Ruth and I are not too giggly, uh, but she's got a great story and uh, we wanted to bring that to you uh, tonight. But listen, if you want to know anything about us, remember, always go to newarkupc.info. And um, if you can't find what you need there, you can always contact us literally on the contact us card and ask a specific question. Uh, but everything, uh, I think pretty much you need to know, especially during this time of COVID when we're not in service, is there for you. Uh, so be sure to stop over there and check us out. Uh, but as I mentioned, you are we are here with Ruth Lanciano tonight. Uh, if you guys don't know how we met Ruth, uh, Ruth, you have to correct my story if I have it wrong. But I, I know the connection is through Steve, uh, her husband, Steve Lanciano, who used to be a, a Bible quiz with our pastor, Steve. And uh, so there's a long time history there. Uh, Ruth, however, is originally from Venezuela. So you'll be, uh, and actually that's what we're going to talk about tonight, specifically with her. We're going to talk about her growing up in Venezuela from about, until about the age nine and how she ended up here in America and her story there related to the church and, and, and segue over here. It's a funny story. I think it's a lot, there's lots of funny stories in there. And, um, and so we're going to just let it, you know, we'll let it flow tonight. And again, this is a casual evening. It's meant to be casual, but we are just talking amongst friends. So group uh, Ruth, if you'd like to take a moment and greet the viewers, please do so. And uh, we'll jump in from there. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor to be here um, with you guys. I watch you guys often, very, very often. And so um, I feel super special being asked to talk about my experience of growing up in Venezuela. And um, actually the connection with Pastor Stephen and my Steve, my husband, goes way back. He reminded me today that he he thinks that um, Pastor Stephen Beersley was there when he got the Holy Ghost at eight and a half. Really? Um, yes, because they used to uh, put their Bibles like on the first row and then go play and then you like save their seats in the first row. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so that he got the Holy Ghost about eight and a half. So, you know, very much childhood friends, I guess. And Bible, mm -hmm. Bible quizzing also connected them. So yeah, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. That's great. Right now, both uh, Ruth and Steve uh, are members of Greater Philadelphia. Let me see if I get that right. Uh, Greater, Greater Philadelphia, uh, Pastor Joel Barnaby there. And uh, they, uh, Ruth and Steve and her family uh, do fellowship there. And um, they are definitely, again, friends of the Newark Church. And uh, again, we're honored to have her here tonight. So Ruth, I'm going to let you tell the story. And I'm going to try not to interrupt too much because I want you to get as much out of the story as possible. Uh, Ruth and I met ahead of time and we actually had fun just kind of going through um, her story there. And so I'll interject at various points. But why don't you start off and tell us about your growing up in the church in Philadelphia and, and some of those experiences there. 
Mm -hmm. Growing up in Venezuela. In Venezuela, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm originally from um, Venezuela, and my parents are actually Colombian. So I grew up um, very much with the Colombian culture alive. Um, they migrated to Venezuela in the 70s. Um, at that time, there's just a lot of violence and poverty in Colombia. So they came as singles to Venezuela, which is to the east. Um, and, um, and they met there and they got married there in 76. They got married in the church mm. where I grew up and was there until the age of nine. Um, and I think Erica has a picture of where Venezuela is. Just basic geography here. We're at the top of South America. And I was born in Caracas, which is the capital at the very tippy top. So there's beautiful beaches there. Uh, there's our flag. And, um, and there is a beautiful beach picture too somewhere, Erica, um, that we that I took when uh, Steve and I went back um, when we've been married four years. I just wanted to go see, let them see a, a crystal, a crystal clear beach. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So a far cry um, from the beaches here on the East Coast. Sure. Yeah, that was a little disappointing. Uh -huh. when we went to a beach in Jersey, and I was like, what? <laughs> A mud hole. Sorry, Jersey folks. I had to say it, but that was my experience when I end up at, at Rehoboth. I'm like, you guys call this a beach? <laughs> Sorry. But, but I, I've I've learned to love the beach even in Jersey. We go every summer, so you know I'm not like a a, a beach snob or anything. Um. So uh, my parents. Uh, I'm the, I'm a middle child. Um. Uh, have a an older sister and a younger brother. Um. There's a picture of us. Of uh, us having dinner, us five. Yep, and that's actually a church dinner at a very prestigious um, hotel that we were not used to. Um, we were a very humble means, uh -huh. and so. But this is that, is, you, is that you in the middle, Ruth, with your arm around your mom? Yep, that's oh, my okay. mom, and that's my sister Aaliyah, and then my dad and my brother Arnold eating a piece of bread. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, so we grew up. Uh, we grew up um, in the church. Um, we were. Um, we lived in a mountains, mountainous, urban area uh, where a lot of shanty towns uh, form um, because people are in search of work and in search oh. of a better future, like my parents um, were. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of poverty and. Um, uh, very humble means, but uh, but there's a there is a beautiful church there. There's a church where I was born, and um, uh, the Campoys uh, were the pastors there. Uh, there's a, a picture of that as well, and um, there they are, and they mean so much to me. Um, I got to see them. I've seen them a few times. Steve has gone back to. Um, to spend time with them as well. And this is this is in front of their church about three hours from the Capitol. They've since moved from the church where I was born and where they pastored our family and moved to La Victoria. And um, they're just awesome people. Um, he's very much a teacher. Um, he very much um, highlighted education as something that he um, he wanted us all to get better, you know, to, to improve our lives. He saw education as, as, a as a channel to do that. Um, and, 
uh, I remember um, I remember a picture on chalkboard, and I share this with Sister Leela, of three different trees because he had like a series that he was doing, I guess with the adults, because I don't mm -hmm. think I was allowed there. We were in Sunday school, but he had three different trees and he had like a bear tree in a middle like trees sort of growing some leaves and then a very um, abundant, uh, rich, fruitful tree. And I remember that picture was there for a while, enough for me to notice. Mm -hmm. And I remember me thinking, you know, I want, I want that life. I want, I want to be like that tree. That tree was the fruitful, abundant tree. Right, right, mm -hmm. right, right. Mm -hmm. So um, he. Can I interrupt for a second? Sure. How did your family come to the church? Would, so your parents were always in the church or did they come to a, a church no, later so, in life? Um, there, there's a lady in the pictures too. Her name is Mama Lola. And she uh, was like the only mother figure that my mom had. Mm. Um, and she helped raise us all, N not just my siblings, but like every kid in the church, every kid in the neighborhood. Um, and she uh, she started talking to my mom as a teenager about mm -hmm. the Lord and mm -hmm. sort of like bringing her in with her sisters, too, because um, my mom has two sisters and sort of like um, guiding her, shepherding her. Um, the be, I guess being the mother, you know, that, sure, that my sure. mom needed. And from that, from then on, I think that's when my mom started, um, following the Lord and seeking him. And then my dad, you know, he tells me about times where he was in Colombia and, and would, um, visit a church, um, there and, and things like that. Um, but I think things too took root, um, through Mama Lola which was um, the lady that helped us um, raise, raised us all. That's why we call her mama, <laughs> mama Lola. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were talking about brother Campoy and how he was big into education. Yeah. 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 And so there in, in his church, um, you, you know, eventually he, he himself put himself through school and he himself studied law and um, became a judge and very much a family advocate now um, as, yeah. as, as he was pastoring. And he started, um, I think they started pastoring in another congregation. And they, then they quickly came to Peña Tovar, which is where I was at. Yeah. And, um, and they started pastoring like at 23. And, you know, they had two beautiful kids. Oh. They now live in Chile. Yeah. And, um, and, and uh, just learned like lived his life in front of us you know raising kids going to school pastoring um so they're they're sort of my heroes you know i have a very um yeah just have a lot of appreciation um for him and him bettering himself but also encouraging us to better ourselves mm -hmm. so tell us about you 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 uh really got my attention when you talked about the the way children were viewed and the expectation of children in the, in the church growing up. I thought I was pretty impressed with that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I had a Sunday school teacher and there's a picture of her too. You know, I was digging through pictures like crazy because I'm like, I got to talk about these people. Um, so that is my Sunday school teacher there. Her name is Rebecca and that's her um, husband, um, Roa. 
Pro, I think is um, their last name. So she, you can you can kind of tell. I know the picture's old, but she has a beautiful smile, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember even the way she walked, she was just such a confident and she was not graduate. I know that she hadn't graduated high school. So she was between 15, 17 years old. But she was very confident and very like a go getter. She had the most beautiful smile. And, you know, you just took notice when she walked in the room, even though she was pretty short. <laughs> um, she was the oldest of three girls. I think she came from a single parent home because I just remember her mom, um, La Hermana Carmelina was her name. And I don't remember a dad in the picture. So um, she was our Sunday school teacher. And she, she like, she took us in. She took on her Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. She perceived us as contributors. You know, she mm. didn't um, she didn't like talk down to us like, oh, little kids. She mm -hmm. would she would just assign parts. She, you know, she kind of like facilitated kids church. You know, mm -hmm. now we, we use that word a lot facilitate. But really, yeah, yeah. she said, like, OK, who's you? So and so is going to preach next Sunday. <laughs> We're all under 10. OK. <laughs> Someone's going to preach. Um, who's doing the songs? Who's doing the hymns? So-and-so is doing, you know, collecting offering. What do you guys want to, um, what do you guys uh, want to do to fundraise? Uh, I remember my Sheaves for Christ. No lie. I remember my Sheaves for Christ, like piggy bank. like right. my And I was like, I got to put money in there because, you know, my Sunday school teacher uh, wants us to put money in there. <laughs> And um, and so she she just talked to us as contributors and I she was just so special. I, I she influenced my life in, in a big way. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't she didn't baby us. Uh, I'm sure she taught, you know, I'm not saying she didn't teach. Sure, something. Sure. Mm -hmm. She did. But um, she definitely shared the responsibility with us and made us feel like you're you're a part of this um there's a picture of a sunday school erica i don't know if you can flash it up there yep so my brother is um laughing in the back the one with the big cheesy smile that's my brother right. and the girl in the front with the glasses that's the pastor's daughter and i can i can remember certain other faces from this picture i myself i'm not in this picture but my brother was there and um, you can't tell that much, but this is the roof of the church. So we were on the third floor. Mm. The pastor lived on the second floor and the sanctuary was on the first floor. Oh, mm -hmm. so oh, all in one, <laughs> all in one. Right. And, um, and, you know, I just remember lots of kids. I remember lots of, um, events, plays, like I said, fundraising, church services, um, and, and we had a part in that. Um, I think there's a picture of a wedding, Erica, as well. And you can see the inside of the church there. And th this touched my heart the other, as I was thinking about this, because, um, yeah, because that's that's a wedding. Oh, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, you can see the ribbons. We do a lot with ribbons and balloons. And um, in the very back, you can see on the bottom left there, the altar. You know, and I remember that was a cement altar and I remember praying there and like 
wanting to know God there, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, uh, there's, we were, we were definitely a part of the church. There's another picture of me. I think it's another wedding picture on an itchy wedding bridesmaid's dress. <laughs> <laughs> That's not itchy. <laughs> so, okay. We're near the equator. Okay. It is hot. It is, <laughs> it's hot. And this is this is a pretty dress. You can tell the girls behind me. You know the like the maid of honor has the pink one. Woo! But um, they were so itchy, and we were in wedding after wedding after wedding with these dresses. Um, and I'm like, oh, I just got, I just want to grow out of this thing because um, you want to be the bride, but you have to be the itchy bridesmaid anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is that because I'm because I have an older sister, I get the hand-me-downs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get out as quickly of of the clothes I don't like. So yeah, so we were very much involved and um I I have just beautiful memories. Um there were two main trips that we took um as a church and one of them was church camp. And I have several pictures of that. And then um, the National Convention. And so if you want, I can talk about that. Yeah. 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 I so also want to get Look, at, these are the saints. Yeah. These are, this is the, the these are the church. Ooh, wow. Um, and you can tell somebody's there at the top um, preaching or speaking. Um, so I am so glad that I was not a mom. Yeah. Rude question. So would you consider this, would this be like a maybe our equivalent of a district convention or would this be more like a national thing in terms of size or that's a, that's a good question. Um, so from my recollection, I think this was a church camp and I think they used to have maybe two, maybe two national mm -hmm. nationally or three. Um, and you know, people would pack their tents. It was rough. Like I'm glad I was not an adult. I'm glad I was not a mom. I'm glad I was just that kid running around like, where's the where's the church bus? I'll get on the church bus. And that's all I had to worry about. People had to pack tents, pack their own pots, their own utensils. Um, pots? Yes. Um, there's a picture of the of them cooking. That's my mom in the back with a yellow, like oh. a yellow thing. Yeah, you see that pot? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Somebody was making a fire outside. You had the spit going with the pot hanging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's probably like a big pot of soup or mm -hmm. something that they were making. And you can tell they're roughing it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can see um, on my screen is on the on the left. I think that's like a tent and you are responsible for bringing your own tent and oh. setting it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, some of the ladies making cachapas, which is um, it's like a like a cornmeal pancake sort of okay. thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and oh, you know, I'm just dying to have one. Um, church uh, in the earlier picture, church we had like starting times for church, but we didn't have really ending times for church. I've heard about that. <laughs> yeah, we you just went to bed when you. <laughs> When you pray through. <laughs> so was this camp multi-days? Was it over? Yeah. So we did it during um, Semana Santa, which is called Holy Week. Um, mm. It's like around the, the carnival and the Mardi Gras times. Mm 
Mm. Um, and, and so the saints would just gather and we would call it retreats. So it's like a retiro, yeah. it's a retreat yeah. from life and from, from your usual life. Yeah. And they were the best times. Like I, I remember sitting in a hammock and church was going on like bam, bam, whatever they were doing over there with the guitars and people praising the Lord. And I was just in a hammock, like with a friend and just talking like not a care in the world. Like this is the best life <laughs> ever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, there was a picture of the river. I think that Erica popped up, um, earlier and that's the river, um, where we, uh, where people got baptized, you know, it, of course it, it changed in, um, yeah, there you go. You see a wow. saints, you see banana, le banana plants, you mm -hmm. see, uh, there's a lady there in the water and it's up like maybe below her knee. A little bit the water mm -hmm. but of course there's different depths to a river yeah, sure, sure. Um, people would get baptized there um, the ladies went and bathed at a certain time the men at another time or you could just skip it <laughs> until you get home <laughs> wow yep yep um this is steve this is what steve talks about about us americans you know and all of our you know complaints about a thing like you know come on people you know this yeah. I know you guys had fun, but you know, again, you just mentioned there weren't even places to shower and things, and yet you no, still not at out. all. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. at all. And um, things, you know, since then they've they've done things differently. They um, they have church camp somewhere else now. These pictures are from the seventies, so I just want to tell you, yeah. I was born in nineteen eighty, and these are my parents' photo albums. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to show you. Uh, I think that's all the as far as the church camp ones go. Um. I wanted to show you about the national convention. I don't have yeah. pictures of the um, of the place there, but it was in a place called Barquisimeto. And um, we would gather in a sort of like a stadium kind of facility. Mm -hmm. um, I Googled it recently and I'm like, how many people can sit there? And it said 10,000. And That's so cool. at the time when I was there, um, I'm thinking like 86, um, mm -hmm. 87, we hadn't yet filled that place but it was happening like every year it was it was growing. It. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i just remember standing there and looking at the sea of people praising the lord and just like i get to be a part of this this <laughs> this is the best like wow this this is amazing mm -hmm. um and i remember uh brother burton he uh he's the first missionary that um was there from the united pentecostal church and he i believe he came in the 60s there's this picture of his family ah, okay yeah and his wife um she still lives she's in cincinnati ohio and um she actually i um i listened to her do a series on how the work um, of the UPC church got started in Venezuela. And that was very insightful. Um, it seemed like things started in the border with Colombia, which matches my mom's story because right. she was coming from Colombia and she had Mama Lola there in the vicinity, sort of like encouraging her in mm -hmm. her walk with God. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow. And she, she mentioned different um, key leaders that, um, that they invested in different sure. national leaders that they invested in. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what she's talking about. Keep in mind, I'm a child. I yeah. left at the age of nine, but 
um, in the church, you knew, you know, pastor mm -hmm. so-and-so or the, um, the leader of such and such. And um, that was amazing. And just looking at this picture again, I found this in my parents' photos and I'm like, wow, what is their story? You know, what, what was yeah. their sacrifice? Um, sure. Yeah. And she talked about it a little bit in the, um, in that series, the way that I got to it was um, she's in brother Tom Ellis's church in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, and they had a little broadcast where they featured her as a retired missionary. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is a treasure. Well, so she's still here. Have you somehow, have you connected with her since you've been in the States? No, I haven't. Um, I did uh, meet up with her. I, I took my kids to meet her grandson who's on deputation. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's uh, he's he's currently um, the missionary in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. I, I believe he married a, a native Venezuelan um, lady and they okay. have two beautiful kids. And on deputation, I wanted my kids to meet the um, the current Venezuelan missionary. Uh -huh. I think it's him and his dad, um, which is brother Lonnie Burton. And um, and I wanted them to meet and to I, I wanted my kids to experience that and to see there's people that are still bringing the message of Jesus to Venezuela and not only that, but equipping leaders. So from what I understand and from my short conversation with him, um, he's very much involved in the Bible schools and in training pastors and in building a second Bible school. I think they want two and two different, um, two different areas of, of the country. So, um, so, so Ruth, so, you mentioned coming over to the United States at age nine. So what brought you over to the U.S. and where did you live initially? Sure. So um, so I remember my parents and you can put up the picture of the school, Erica, of my school. That's my elementary school. And when I went there, there was only um, floor number one. <clears throat> and I remember um, my sister being in seventh grade. And I was in it starting fourth and my brother was in third. And I remember um, my parents like stressing, you know, like we don't have money for my, my sister, my oldest sisters. We don't, we don't have money for her school supplies. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was very much uh, poverty and mm -hmm. economic uh, reasons. Mm -hmm. Um and I went to this um, public school for first and for fourth grade. I actually went to Catholic school for second and for third because public school was always on strike. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the conditions that you have to work in, like they had a morning session for school and an afternoon session. I actually went to school from one to four in the afternoon. And I remember being... Um, afraid at recess because I would go and check the bathrooms like that were in the back of the school and they were usually locked or not available because of a lack of water. Um, and so I just mm -hmm. would be nervous. Like, I hope I don't have to go to the bathroom when I'm in school. Like mm -hmm. you literally start thinking about these things. Um, wow. Yeah. And so I remember, um, I remember my parents talking about that and my my mom and dad had both tried to come to the states in 82 when when venezuela was in a much nicer um, condition to to say mm -hmm. it like that it was easier to get a visa to the u.s 
um, and they actually got the visas, but then the person that was going to help them or like take us in at that mm -hmm. time, I would have been two um, things like plans kind of fell through. And so they didn't, but then there was an attempted coup in 89 and there was, um, I, I could remember, you know, like um, close to that school, I could remember um, the gunshots from the military, from the attempted coup, oh, wow. um, everything shutting down, you know, um, yeah, and, and, and with this COVID restriction thing, we've all experienced lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I remember those kind of feelings, like you have to stay indoors. You know, people mm -hmm. are looting. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so it was that kind of pressure um, that I think my parents realized, you know, we've got three kids, we've got to do something. And so my dad came in 89 of July and um, we came in 1990, January of 1990. So and, came ahead of you. Yeah, and we came straight to Philly because mm -hmm. that was where the contact was the per the person that was going to like help us initially mm -hmm. um and we didn't have a spanish church and we didn't speak spanish so <laughs> we would go to church in new york because we knew of a upc church in new york huh because some of those ministers had gone to the national conference and so wait wait ruth you said you didn't speak spanish i'm sorry i didn't we didn't speak English. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. We didn't speak English. Mm -hmm. and we didn't have a, like a Spanish church here. So we would hike it to New York, which that was nuts. You know, people what? that never been driving in New York with my parents. Ooh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I can imagine. Yeah. But we so, would go. So from Philly to New York, what, every week? Um, Every, not every week, I would say maybe every other week. And then mm -hmm. it got to the point where that was not sustainable anymore. That okay. was not, um, and I think my parents realized, we also went to a church in Reading, PA for some mm -hmm. time because they had a Spanish church. My parent worked, my dad worked nights at the time uh, in a bakery. And mm -hmm. I remember him being depleted, like just completely exhausted. Imagine working all night and then driving to New York or driving to Reading, PA. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember um, my, you know, I think my parents just like realized they have three teenagers on their hands. And mm -hmm. then we came to greater church when I was 14. My sister was 17 and my brother was 13. Oh, so you've been there years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. So, so, so can you shed a little bit light before we open up the questions? I, I think I see Erica put the question out that it's or the. Uh, notice out that it is time for questions. So if you have a question for Ruth, uh, be sure to uh, preface that with the word question and put that in the chat. Um, but Ruth, you just mentioned something that obviously you came to find a Spanish church. Is that, I, I know that for lack of a better way to put it, like people tend to stick together. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as you guys coming up, was that sh strictly for the language? Um, and I know now that the churches are pretty segregated along likenesses you know in other words right now a lot of spanish churches stay together and and mm -hmm. as opposed to uh you know being a part of other congregations there may be some is, mm -hmm. is that would you say culturally that there's there's no other issue it's mainly around language i'm butchering that yeah. question but yeah i think it's primarily a language thing mm -hmm. um you know i remember and some church churches still do it and i remember 
um, the the headphones thing where somebody is translating yeah. for mm -hmm. the whole thing. Sometimes I was that person translating after I learned English, and I was like, I don't like this job, especially when it was like a like a somebody preaching and somebody like just pulled up a scripture, and I'm like, I don't know how to say that in English, you know, I don't know how to say that in Spanish off the top of my head. So, um, but yeah, I did some of the translating myself and my sister did too, and she's done it for many years. But yeah, I think it's the language barrier that, mm -hmm. um, that, that sort of does separate um, mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's right. All right, Erica, Ruth and I can go on chatting here, um, but I know there's some questions in the queue. So if you wanna come on with us and field some of those questions to Ruth. That would be great. There's a question in there. It's the same question three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> great minds think alike. So all of you put the same question in. Okay. So how did you meet you and Steve meet googly eyes? <laughs> oh, so That's the same question. All right. Here we go. All right. All right, babe. We'll talk about it later. Um so I came to Greater Church, right? And Steve was there. And he was, so we're nine years apart, people. Um, and he was organizing a youth trip, some kind of youth trip. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, I want to go. Um, again, that idea of I want to be a part. I want to be a part mm -hmm. of the church. Whatever's going on, mm -hmm. I want to be a part of that. Um, it has always very much been uh, with me. And so he was organizing some kind of trip. I can tell you what he was wearing. He was wearing a, a light blue shirt and a red tie. And he just came and invited us. And I'm like, yes, uh, yes, I, I, I want to go. And then I learned he was a musician. And I'm like, I want music lessons. My sister wants music lessons. You can give us music lessons, right? So I tell people that I never learned to play the piano, but I got the piano teacher. Got the teacher. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that, how we met. We met at church. He's been there his whole life since he was, I don't know, two months, I believe, two months old. And that's a story in itself as well. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Erica, can you ask the one from Sister Moss? Because mm -hmm. that's, that's something I meant to ask about while she was talking. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did go to Bible school. I went to Indiana Bible College and I um, graduated in 2002. Um, I think I talked to Sister Leela about this. Um, uh, you know, as, a, as an immigrant family working entry level jobs, we didn't have money for college. I did mm -hmm. do a year at Temple um, with loans. I had to pay international student rates. Um, and so that we couldn't afford that. You know, I remember walking through the campus and knowing them, I had really good grades, but kind of walking around and saying, I don't belong here. I don't, what, what am I supposed to be doing? And um, just praying, you know, what am I supposed to do? I've gone as far as I can, Lord, as far as my education goes. And, and then somebody from my church invited me to an open house at IBC and she had a car and I'm like, yes, I'm up for a road trip. I'm 18 years old. Yes. How far is it? 12 hours? I'll do it. Um, but then she backed out. She backed out and she said, um, like, I can't go. And I'm like, what? So me, I took the Greyhound bus to Indianapolis 
And I was like, I'm going to find out about this school. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard of it before, but um, I saw it as an opportunity. You know, I was praying, asking God, what am I supposed to do? I'm 18, 19 years old. I can't afford college. What What do you want for my life? And so um, there was a play on Esther that at the open house. And I'm like, I'm here for such a time as this. You know, does the Lord just like come your son, right? Yeah, the Lord just completely... Um, just showed me, yeah, this is it. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was there for three years. They took my credits from Temple. I could afford it. I worked and then paid the semester ahead of time each time. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thankful that I didn't have like college debt. Um, right. And then the Lord, again, the Lord worked it out. After I graduated, I went to um, Regent University online and got mm -hmm. my master's in education and got a certification with Point Park University to be an elementary school teacher. So just nice. got all the way, just like just a non-alternative, yeah, just yeah. a non-alternative way to make things happen, mm -hmm. but it worked So how do you think, um, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up so we don't jump off topic because as you're talking, I'm remembering things uh, in our sort of pre-interview, but you mentioned a yeah. young lady who was only what maybe fourteen or fifteen? Who, uh, you know, who was really excited about church and wanted to get the kids involved and you know, would, would kind of assign you parts, that kind of thing. And that the 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 expectation is that children would be involved in church. Children would participate. Children would serve. Yeah. How do you think that? How do you think that played into your perspective of church and your enthusiasm and excitement about being a part of the kingdom? I just. Um... I just wanted to be a part, you know, she, she, I felt like she took me seriously. Like she didn't just because I was young, just because I was a child didn't mean that I wasn't responsible or that I couldn't contribute. And mm -hmm. so, um, very, you know, very much we were involved in plays and fundraising in fasting in all night prayer meetings. <laughs> the kids were in all night prayer meetings. I wanted her to go to all night prayer meetings so bad so I could stay up. <laughs> so I could stay up. And um, how much prayer did you actually do? Her mom made the coffee. The, this Sunday school teacher that I'm telling you about, her mm -hmm. mom made the coffee in the back of the church, you know, mm -hmm. and we would, I remember we would pray, we would read our Bibles, mm -hmm. we would um, we would sing some songs, we would have a coffee break, mm -hmm. and and then we would you know, get home after a while and just being a part of that has always stuck with me. I've never, it, it, you know, just the, the message that this is the best life that you can live um, mm. came through loud and clear. And I was like, yes, absolutely. This, this is the life that I want. Um, I remember when I went to college, when I went to temple for a year and I had to take a class, you know, where they question, you know, if there's a God and all, you know, everything is relative oh. <laughs> And all that, and I remember, um, I remember looking at at, at the uh, professor. It wasn't a professor; it was like a, a an assistant to a professor. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know mm -hmm. what the term is called, but I remember um, looking at him and, and just being baffled by by the things he was saying and the people and what the people in my class were saying. And I just um, remember looking at him and thinking to myself, you know. If what you believe gives you the life that you are living, 
I don't want to believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't, I don't want that life. There are sacred things. There are holy things. That's right. You know, so right. yeah. yeah there, so there is truth, and truth that doesn't move. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Right. I didn't want to get to, to to piggyback on that because I remember that was a really good um, point, and you know, one that. I guess they have the gift to inspire people. Yeah, I mean, it is is a really special thing, and to um, to be able to instill in children that enthusiasm early, uh, yeah. you know, that, that you know your time is now, you know, not just yeah. in the future, but God can use you now, yeah. And to, to kind of instill that kind of enthusiasm in children from the get go is, you know, that's a gift. So, so I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, I recently reconnected with her on Facebook. And, and I was like, you know, my heart just leaped. Like I never thought I would see her again or know about her again. And, you know, she's a mother and she has children and she's still in Venezuela. She's still serving the Lord. And, and I'm like, I tell people about you and she's like, get out of here for real. And I'm like, yes, I know. (laughs) She doesn't even know the impact she had, right? No, I don't, I don't, I don't really think she did. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Erica. Any more questions? I'm sorry, I hijacked you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how do how do the UPC churches in Venezuela uh, differ from the churches here in the U.S.? Hmm. That's a good question. I think from a from a child perspective, again, because I was a child, the music was very different. <laughs> you know, like I was. I was used to acoustic guitars, like, like very fast Uh music and like very happy, jumping sort of, I don't know if you've ever been to a Spanish service, but I've seen. uh, Yeah. And so when we came to, um, when we came to what we call American church, when Mm. we came to American church, they clap differently. And I'm like, why are they clapping so slow? What beat are they listening to? <laughs> uh-huh. Um. So, uh, so the music uh, was mm-hmm. different um, at the time that I went to church. I'm not. Sh- I don't think this is true now. But when I went to church in South America, um, literally, you come into the church. We have wooden benches, acoustic guitars. The men sit on one side, and the women sit on the other mm-hmm. side. I don't know mm-hmm. if that. Uh, happened here in the UPC churches. Um, there are some. The yep, yep. So, so that was that was um, that was a, a couple of differences. I don't know if that have answered your question, Ken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, was what was oh. the biggest culture shock for you when you came to the states, aside from the language barrier? And beside from besides oh, the music. Man. Are you sure I can't talk about the language? <laughs> Aside from the, the cold, we came here oh. in January of 1990. Mm. Mm, that's right. And let me and tell you, cold, yeah. yeah, when we came to the US, um, the place where we were staying, the bathroom that day wasn't working. The bathroom, there's three kids in the family, a mom and a dad, and the bathroom is not working. So there was a, around the corner from where we were staying, there were some, um, 
some guys that my dad worked with. My dad, I think he started working in construction with these guys. And we would have to like go and knock on the door. Like I literally just need your bathroom. And I remember in this January cold, I remember like it was ungodly. Like I remember just like, please open this door. Please, like I am frigid over here. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest differences. Um, the abundance of food was another thing that was like, wow. But that's a positive thing, right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, like I remember being in fourth grade, being like barely um, knowing English. And the fact that lunch was available to all the kids in the school. Like there was a thing called free lunch. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. And to me, that was like, whoa. And I remember eating pizza, school pizza. That was the first pizza I ever I ate. The first pizza I ever ate in my life was school pizza. <laughs> and I remember people throwing food in the trash. And I was like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> why are you throwing pizza? You know, why are you throwing your lunch in the, like, that was inconceivable oh, wow. to me because mm -hmm. we we were taught to conserve 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 um and yeah, yeah. You knew, you knew the poverty was like mm -hmm. yes yes and yeah. so the food um food was was another another one the cold the food wow um and in general okay coming from venezuela right and to be in philly like into the city, like the city life, like I'm sure that was also culture shock. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, I remember people just talking around me. I, I, I had no idea what they were saying. To me, to me, English mm -hmm. sounded, and I know this is the language piece, it sounded like people saying wash over and over again. Like wash, 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 wash. That's what English sounded like to me. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you, I don't know what you guys are saying. Um, oh, another one, the free library, like having mm -hmm. a free library, like somebody trusted me to take a book and bring it back. <laughs> and there is thousands of books that you can just borrow mm -hmm. and nobody's going to charge you. Now, remember, my parents came here because we couldn't. In my nine-year-old mind, we couldn't afford my sister's school supplies because she was mm -hmm. starting high school. And okay. to know that there was a place that would trust you with their books and to uh. bring them back, you know, the mm -hmm. idea of knowledge and, and education and mm -hmm. learning for yourself um, was a, 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 very, a culture shock in a good way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, did you just learn a language? You just picked up the language by just sort of getting thrown in? Was there anything like how did you because that's very scary to me to come to a place where I cannot communicate. Uh, so I, mean, just, I can't imagine what that's like. Just be somewhere and everybody's yeah. like Charlie Brown teacher just want, 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 you know. And so how did you learn the language? Um, Man, this is so crazy. Um, So my sister. And my sister had an easier time. You know, she was 13, 12 and 13, and she ha had a bilingual teacher and she was starting middle school. So she went to a different school than me and my brother. We went to elementary school and um, we came here in January. So from January to June, we finished, like I finished fourth grade 
And then um, I remember my dad and my dad is not the disciplinarian or the strict school guy. My mom is that. My mom is like education, you know, that you do your homework, stuff like that. Not my dad. But I remember my dad getting us a composition book and saying, you cannot go outside and play until you have 10 words in Spanish with their meaning in English and a sentence for each. So that summer of 1990, we were just like absorbing, you know, like literally with the dictionary. That's how I remember. That's how I learned the word complain. Because you were complaining to your dad. <laughs> because we we lived in a two bedroom apartment, and I was like, "All right, all right." I knew that "great" meant "gran." Like I just knew. I, I was like, "I don't know what that word means," because it's a cognate. You know, it looks very yeah, yeah. similar in English and in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember writing the word "complain" and writing like quejarse, you know, the word, and then writing a sentence, like, compl- I don't know what my sentence was, probably something about my dad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of, like, systematic thing, and then music really helped, especially my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Miss Miller, my fourth grade teacher, she knew how to say, like, hola, that's it. But you know what was so precious, and I'll never forget this again, mm-hmm. Just the kindness of just normal average people. She was my fourth grade teacher, Miss Miller. And she brought me up to her side in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And she gave me a pretzel. It was like a Friday pretzel day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like a quarter. I don't know how much they are now. But mm-hmm. and she gave me this pretzel. And she was like, this is from our class. And I was like. You know, my class gave me a pretzel and mm-hmm. I was like, the, the idea of a gift, you know, she was trying to yep. show kindness and welcoming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through food, which is a powerful way to uh-huh. welcome people. Mm-hmm. And so she gave me a pretzel on behalf of my class. And I was like, oh, thank you, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and then ESL, you know, ESL, by fifth grade, my, my, my teacher, Mr. Cohen, who I would love to find, Mr. Robert Cohen, um, by the end of fifth grade, he's like, I want you to stay here for regular class. I don't want you to go to your, you know, to your English learning class because I think that you're you're doing well, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so just a lot of people in and out of the church that have invested in my life. And I'm, I'm so grateful. That's, that's cool. All right, Erica. Hi. Uh, did you teach in public school and do you homeschool now? Good question. Um, I taught two years at Ostos Charter School. It's a bilingual charter school. Um, I taught second grade. I felt like I got my feet wet. And then I was 29 and we wanted to have a family. So I'm like, nope, I'm not working full time and doing this mom thing. Um, so, <laughs> okay. so yeah, so after teaching two years, I, I stayed home and we had Samuel. Um, and I taught my kids, I tried to really make a mental decision and like switch the gears in my head to just speak to them in Spanish. I was the best at it with Sam, with my oldest. 
Um, even though he didn't speak in Spanish to me until we came back from Colombia, that was the first time he spoke in Spanish to me. And I was like, whoa, this trip was worth it. You know, he's speaking oh, in Spanish. That, that immersion experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so uh, I, I, I think I have homeschooled my kids, but not far into grade school because we found um, a school here in Philadelphia as a charter school. So it was a public charter school that has a full immersion program where my kids, like in kindergarten, they'll receive 90% of their instruction in Spanish. And then in first grade, 80%. In second grade, 70%. I think by fourth or fifth grade is 50-50. Um, and we all know that, you know, we acquire language early on. Mm -hmm. So um, that's where my kids are now. And that's where I'm working part time. Um, we're uh, helping second and second and third graders uh, with Spanish reading support. Got it. So it was important to you that your kids be bilingual. I know a lot of times uh, come over and they lose their original language or they or the next generation. Yeah, know, absolutely. Work. It was very important. Um, you know, I, I think I want my kids to be able to talk to my parents. I want my kids to be able to understand if they're in a Spanish service, you know. Um, and, and you never know how God is going to use their language skills to help someone else, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, that's very, very important for us. So much so that we drive one hour to school because it's in Center City, Philadelphia. And oh, we give ourselves oh. an hour to get there. It's only eight miles away, but it takes an hour during peak hours. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, brother. <laughs> Look who's asking a question. You see it? <laughs> Tell us about when you Tell us about when you saw the sun outside and thought it was January. warm out in January. <laughs> Okay, back to the cold, right? All right, so it's January. I come from hot weather, right? Mm -hmm. So we're looking outside my our apartment, and I'm looking, and I'm like, it. There's white mosquitoes outside. I thought they were white mosquitoes, and it was what? snowing. Yes, it was snowing. And, white mosquitoes. Yeah, I'm like, what? What? There's white mosquitoes, but it was snowflakes. I had never seen them before. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. Yep, yep. And yeah, another time I, I remember again, I saw the sun outside, and I'm like, this is a great day to go play outside in a t-shirt. <laughs> and I went out and I was like, no, I can't. And I like just came back inside. The, yeah, me and the cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the cold is rude. Yeah, the cold is hard. Uh, yeah. It's very hard. Even to adjust after all these years, cold is hard to adjust to. Yes, even now, mm -hmm. even if it's still hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm sorry in advance. Oh. Tell us about the time you forgot your sermon notes and you had to preach in your Sunday school class. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad you asked that, Steve, because I meant to ask that one too. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wait. And how old were you? Do you remember? I had to be less than nine. nine. So mm -hmm. I had to be seven or eight. 
so back to, yeah, so back to this rock and Sunday school teacher, right? So inspiring mm -hmm. and like you're in charge of this. So <clears throat> there was one Sunday I was in charge of the preaching and I took it so seriously. I'm like, oh my word, you know, like this is important. You know, I cannot mess this up. And I remember going home and um, I don't know why, but I, I picked, I think it was Hebrews 4, where it talks about like the promises of God slipping away. It's like a warning, like beware mm -hmm. that the promises of God don't slip away, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, I have no idea what I wrote, right? Because I was a kid, but I wrote like this message and I was going to give it and I put it in my parents' important papers bin. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is important. So it's going to go with the important papers. Right. <laughs> Come Sunday. And I forgot my notes. <laughs> I worked on it so hard. And then I forgot my notes. And I remember just standing there and people, other kids looking at me because I'm supposed to preach. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't even know what I said. I just like mumbled. I'm sure like, she's like, all right, we're done with this part. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a reoccurring nightmare of mine. But you just <laughs> yes. So I never, <laughs> I'm extra prepared. Let's say, let's put it that way. I never <laughs> forgot that, that feeling like, no, you have to be prepared. Oh, you have to be. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so last year, I know you went to Bible school primarily or to IBC primarily. Um, because you could afford it and you want to get some education. But yeah. have you ever felt the call? You know, I, I sort of say like, Mary, give be it unto me according to thy word. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. um, connected to IBC. And, and I shared this with you, Sister Leela. Um, you know, when I went to Bible school, I, I wrote it in my yearbook. I said, you know, you guys have inspired me for life. Like you have, like, I don't need to look anybody else just to look anywhere else. Just go through my yearbook and just see all the awesome people that I was around. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time um, at the altar at, during chapel, just feeling like I don't belong here. I don't know if that's like a, like a theme, like a immigrant mm -hmm. child theme, like the belonging thing, or it's just a personality thing or something I struggle with, but I just remember pouring my heart to the Lord, like, what am I doing here? I don't mm -hmm. consider myself a preacher, nothing like that. And being around all these awesome people can be very intimidating, very talented people, can mm -hmm. be very intimidating. And so I was just really struggling with a lot of worth, worthlessness, um, like unworthy mm -hmm. sort of feelings. Yes. And I remember crying. Um, at chapel at the altar. And then I remember Kristen Ellis. Uh, she used to be Pasley, Kristen Pasley Ellis. And um, she came over to me. It's the only time that it ever happened in the three years that I was there. She came over to me and she started praying with me the most beautiful things that my heart and my soul needed to hear. You know, just. You do belong here, you know. God mm. is gonna use you. He has plans for you. That sort of thing. And I was like, 
Like she was answering what I was telling the Lord. And I yeah. knew that it was God using her. That's right. Um, and the, the full circle of this whole thing is that her church in Cincinnati, Ohio, from what I understand, that's where the missionaries from Venezuela came from. That was their home mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know that till years after I was in Bible school. And, wow. and I was like, you know, God did see me. God does have a plan. God mm-hmm. does. Um, he knows where I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful and comforting. And I told, you know, I sent Kristen a little message about this. Um, when they were installed as pastors, like I'll never forget that prayer that you prayed for me at the altar because it was completely the Lord using her. Using her, let you know that he heard you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Erica, we are at the 801. Any pressing question, any good question in there, one that we can end on? Um, Somebody's going to say, oh, look, my question is not a good one. <laughs> well, I usually try to get all the questions. That's like a goal okay. I do, but there's a uh-huh. lot. Okay. okay. I know with your daughter. <laughs> From Abby. Okay. Did I ever see Superbook and other Christian shows as a kid? I know Superbook is pretty new. Um, and Christian shows as a kid, I don't know. I, I don't really remember any. I would say no, Abby. Wait, Abby's like, wait a minute, what planet are you from? I have, I have one more. Have okay, go, Eric. <laughs> My husband is so amazing, Ken, because because he married me. No, no, because um, I think because he's always been yielded to the Lord. Um, Mm. Yeah, I think that's why, because he wants to listen to his voice. Hey, that's a pretty amazing person that does that. So then I'll have to agree with you. (laughs) That's good. All right. Well, we are at 802 and I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, talking with Ruth uh, this evening. I certainly have. And uh, we probably could have gone on another hour. She's got some pretty interesting stories to tell. Um, But again, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Don't forget to go over to NewarkUPC.info. If you would like to receive our text notifications about your messaging things, you can go to that um, contact card and leave us your information. You can view old messages on our media card. Uh, Again, if you want to learn about our children's services, uh, that information is there also where our kids meet online right now. So though we're not in in in-person service, we are still ministering to our children as well uh, on Sundays. So drop over to New York UPC and uh, get everything that you need. I am going to sign off tonight, Ruth. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we really appreciate you. And, uh, And we know that God's going to do great things, right? You have a place, and and I know you're probably operating that now. Who knows what else God has in store uh, coming up? But we definitely re- appreciate you and Steve. I'll put a plug in there. <laughs> all right, all right. God bless you all, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. We will see you here again. This is yes, tomorrow evening at seven p.m. Good night and God bless. <laughs>